0: Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong.
2: Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. I am Jason Kong alongside Nicole Clayett. She is with Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, we've got a, a packed studio here. We've got people outside.
0: I know. Waiting
2: to get in as well. This is uh, going to be a fun show tonight. It
0: sure is, and I'm just happy to take off my duck boots.
2: Your duck boots? Yeah, (laughs) I I understand, you know, but it was fun to break them out for a while.
0: It was, it was for sure. So uh, super glad to have a wonderful conversation today about universal design.
2: Yeah, this is going to be uh, a fascinating conversation because, you know, occasionally we do talk about the concept of aging in place, and we're going to get into that, but the, the universal design concept is, is one that I don't think we've touched on enough, and I'm super excited to welcome from Quality Design and Construction, we've got President David Makowski, and we've got Vice President Peggy Ann Makowski. Thank you both so much for coming in this evening.
0: Thank you for inviting us.
3: Really appreciate being here.
0: Sounds like it's a family affair. Uh, Yes, we (laughs)
4: started 25 years ago.
3: (laughs)
0: And and they're still together. This this is the juice to keep a marriage going, right? (laughs) Awesome. So um, I, you know, universal design is a really interesting topic that I'm fairly familiar with, but for those listening, uh, I think the idea of making our homes accessible for the future and, and as we start to age in place, I think is super important. So talk to us a little bit about what universal design means.
3: Well, basically what we're talking about when we're looking at universal design is uh, setting up a home with conveniences that actually will work for anybody in any type of situation, Uh, whether we are currently uh, able to walk upright or we need to be in a wheelchair. Uh, We want to make sure that outlets and switches, uh, doorways and uh, uh, fixtures are all at usable levels so that it doesn't inconvenience the individual.
0: So I think a lot of times when people think about making their home, and I'm gonna use a bad word, handicap accessible, mm. right? That's a word that people in the community are used to hearing. Yeah. They just picture things like really ugly grab bars that are steel in color, and they just picture things looking very institutionalized. But the reality of it is, is that universal design, it's almost undetectable if it's done well. Exactly.
3: Yes, we do a lot. And uh, when I've actually uh, built homes for homeowners, things like uh, the larger doorways, the wider hallways, the more open floor plan and everything else, just as we do in our remodels. A lot of times folks don't even know whether we're putting those kinds of uh, features in. We're just taking the opportunity to add those universal features while we're working on their home to update them because it's we're all getting older.
0: Yes, yes, and the reality of it is, as we're all aging, you know, most people would have the preference of actually staying in their home for as long as possible. So, having some of these things built into your home makes makes a lot of sense. But for also, sure. some
4: of the um, some of the misconceptions is it has to do with aging. Mm-hmm. Um, universal design is for anybody of any age. Mm-hmm. It's just to make your home work for you better. Think of a mother carrying a child across a threshold and taking a wheelchair, or not a wheelchair, I'm sorry, a um, stroller with another child or something like that. It would be so nice to have a level entry, a Mm -hmm. zero clearance entry into the home, and they wouldn't have to worry about picking up the stroller while they've got their groceries in their hands and another child in their arms. And so, I mean, it applies to everybody. Mm -hmm. When I was in my 30s, I blew up both of my knees skiing, and I had trouble getting over the curb to the shower stall. And we're... Right now, we're taking out a lot of bathtubs and putting in a lot of curbless shower stalls. Uh, They're also known as zero-entry shower stalls. The other thing is a lot of the manufacturers have caught on to people want things that don't look like they're institutionalized. And so they're making a lot more attractive um, bars, towel bars that can be used as grab bars. Mm -hmm. A shower bar that um, allows for an up-and-down movement of the shower head itself on a bar that can also double as grab bar.
0: You know, one of the things that often frightens me is that, you know, we have family caregivers calling transitions guiding lights and sometimes they want to know, well, you know, what contractors can I use to do these things for me? And the reality of it is it does take a very specialized training to pick the things that are safe. I mean, I could go into Home Depot today and pick out some things that I think would be good for a grandma or for grandma, but that really may not be the best piece of equipment. Just like we can go to CVS and buy a, a, a walker wasn't really measured for grandma probably not the best idea or buy something online so how would you advise family caregivers who are out there who are looking to make some of these modifications for a loved one to go and find somebody that's reputable
3: if you're looking as a diy type of person what you want to do is that any of the products that are out there that are actually designed for those universal uh features they will have a, a product emblem on them and it's marked ada okay. which you know basically indicates that that bar has been designed for the loads we'll say for somebody pulling on it or leaning on it that type of item uh, and again as peggy said a lot of them nowadays are designed so that you really don't recognize that it's an ADA bar. That's what
0: it's there for. But but seriously, though, you know, one of the concerns that we have and I've seen is that people are jumping on the bandwagon of noticing that our population is aging. So you will have every sort of handyman out there saying that they can make these modifications for a home. So is there anything that uh, you would recommend that a family caregiver kind of sort of interview somebody if they may be having to come in and And ask them? The National
4: Association of Home Builders um, actually has what they call a Certified Aging in Place Specialist designation. Uh, Dave and I both happen to have that designation. We've been trained by them how to make people's homes work for them better. The other alternative I would suggest is if you have a loved one that's coming home from the hospital, talk to the people that are working with them to get ideas. Um, Occupational therapists are great at recommending things. Uh, I know that I personally went through it with a 90-year-old mother and didn't know exactly what she needed and they could look ahead and they could say well she needs this now but she's probably going to need this in the future so when we did res- remodels to her house we
0: could kind of take
4: that into consideration and plan for it
0: definitely you know it's definitely an eye-opening experience either when you have all this knowledge but then you actually have to pro- apply to someone that you love right you know I had been working as a social worker for many years and knew all the resources and suddenly when my grandfather moved into my home many years ago It was, you know, despite the fact I knew everything, it was a whole new world having to do everything. (laughs) So I'm sure there were certain lessons learned that you had as well in some of those personal experiences. The other situation is just because something is marked
4: ADA doesn't mean it's going to apply to every individual. Individuals have different different individual needs. Like several years ago, we in we interviewed a client. We were talking about putting a comfort height commode in her bathroom, which is two inches taller than a regular commode. Um, She said, "Look at me," and I looked at her and. She's. She was so short that
0: if she had gotten that extra two inches, her feet would not have touched the (laughs) floor. That's not good.
3: No.
0: So let's talk a little bit about kind of how you got into what you're doing. I'm curious to know that this is very specialized for sure.
3: Well, my uh, personal background, I come out of the hospital products industry, and I actually worked in the hospitals myself. I uh, have a a experience as being an EMT, so I have done a lot of life experience in that. Uh, I also uh, worked as an engineer, so uh, I look at it uh, in a different light than a lot of folks may be because I'm looking at it physically in the uh, aspects of an engineer.
0: And I'm quite sure that looking at it in an EMT's eyes, having to get people out of some very difficult positions and bathrooms and things after a fall was a real eye-opener for you.
3: Oh, there were some very uh, crazy experiences. I'm quite sure.
0: Uh,
3: (laughs) Trying to move a 500-pound man out of a, a bathroom is not... Is
0: not easy. No.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a challenge. Well, we're going to take a break here,
2: and we'll be back with more. We've got Peggy Ann Makowski. She is the vice president, and we've got David Makowski. He's the president of Quality Design and Construction. Uh, stick around. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging
2: Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you want to find more about Transitions Life Care, you can go to transitionslifecare.com. Dot org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, our guests in the studio right now are David and Peggy Ann Makowski. They are with Quality Design and Construction, and right now we're having a conversation, Nicole, on universal design. And we've kind of go, kind of gone over uh, why this is useful and why it's important to kind of vet someone if uh, you're looking to make some of these changes.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, those listening, I'm sure you know you're picturing you know the bathroom that mom uses or the you know the the bedroom that's upstairs that it's difficult to get to, or, you know, the fact that mom just is insisting to get into the garage for that second refrigerator store, or all that extra food. I mean, I've <laughs> been there with all these things. Um, and so I would love just to hear about some just general tips on the types of modifications that can be made in a home that would make the home a lot more accessible for that individual if doing a whole renovation just isn't an option or moving, perhaps.
3: Some of the elements that uh, we have done for personal family and Mm -hmm. also homeowners uh, just initially getting into a home that has uh, staircases is to actually uh, do a type of ramp Mm -hmm. where we look at the elevations of the home and try to figure out how to actually bring uh, somebody up to the front door without making it look like we have a, a ramp and it can be done well with landscaping exactly. so that uh, when somebody goes by they don't see a ramp in the front yard you know a lot of times you'll go by a home and somebody's coming home and somebody's slapped up a, a wood ramp or, yeah, or the metal, ones, metal yeah. ones yeah so and it just
0: basically says hey I'm a person who can't defend myself to me when I see that it's just very sad mm-hmm. so um, yeah I think that's great and you know one of the things I recently talked to a family caregiver was that you know, the outside was so so important for her dad and the fact that he couldn't do stairs basically isolated him to the inside of the home and he just loved being outside being among the flowers in his garden and that sort of thing and then once they installed a proper ramp that just opened a whole new world to him and his mood just brightened up and so I mean, it, it might sound silly some of these things, but can you just imagine if you could no longer go outside without the assistance of someone anymore and and how, you know, you feel bad that you're constantly asking someone to take you outside and you just can't do it when you want to do it. And so, I mean, it really leads to a lot of isolation issues in our older adult population, for sure.
3: It definitely does. And sometimes... You do have to call on the the experts to help you as far as uh, looking at these transitional changes. Mm -hmm. Um, We move into the house and again we have staircases as you talked about Mm -hmm. Um, and they are there is professional equipment and believe it or not it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, brand new. There is a an industry out there where uh, chair lifts and everything else after their term of use in uh, one home actually is put back out on the market where an individual can get that chairlift installed for a lower cost because it, it is refurbished mm-hmm. that's right
0: okay. so what are some other tips that folks can do besides the ramp to make their home more accessible for a loved one a
4: really inexpensive thing would be to use offset hinges on a door it would give you a little bit of extra space in the door and sometimes it's just enough to get a walker or a wheelchair through so it's what's deep. an
0: offset hinge
3: basically an offset hinge is a a, everybody when they look at their doors and everything else they of course when we're up and walking around we're like oh we that door's plenty wide enough for us Mm -hmm. to get through but when you actually start using a walker or wheelchair inside a home the door itself actually takes two inches out of the opening of a doorway so, in all actuality, you're losing that space, and sometimes those products don't make it through the door. So, an offset hinge is actually a hinge that takes the door and moves it outside the door opening. Oh, wow. You know, and gives you that clearance. And you don't have to actually go Just through a the expenses yeah. That's exactly right. Because
0: even you know, I've seen people going through doorways with wheelchairs, and their knuckles you know get scraped every single time trying to squeeze on through. So that's
3: and if you actually go into and again, as uh, Peggy referenced a long time ago in our conversation, that uh, there is standards out there, but not everybody needs to stick to those standards because each individual has different characteristic needs. Right. Um, so again you may have a uh, 30 inch doorway and using those offset hinges puts the door so that because you're using a tighter wheelchair and everything else you can get through there very easily
1: Mm -hmm. one of
4: the other things that i wish you would address just real quick is mounting a grab bar mm-hmm. because so many people will will go to Lowe's or Home Depot or one of the big box chains and buy a grab bar and come home and just stick it to the wall and think it's secure. Yeah, those suction cup ones—that's
0: scary.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, not even the suction one, but they screw one to the wall without
0: even proper mounting without hardware. Without yeah. the
3: proper anchors and yeah. everything else, and there are uh, anchors out there that are designed to actually hold a 250-pound load. Mm. You know. Even though we're not 250 pounds, we may exert that kind of load to a grab bar.
0: One of the big things that, you know, those listening, you're wondering, well, I wonder if it's time for us to start making some of these changes in our home. You know, if you start noticing mom or dad or a spouse doing what I like to call furniture surfing, it's probably time to start making some modifications in a home. And a lot of times older adults purposely put and stuff everywhere so it's in the next place where they can grab and then the next place where they can grab and the reality of it is a pile of books or a laundry basket on top of an end table so they have something extra to steady themselves is not gonna I mean again you saw this as an EMT.
4: Yes. Or
0: you and, and and I'm not I'm not sitting here advocating to get rid of Fido, but a lot of times these smaller dogs that older adults have become tripping hazards and we have the throw rugs that become tripping hazards and those nice plush rugs in the bathrooms become tripping hazards. And I mean we've all tripped on them i have too i just still have the balance to catch myself <laughs>
3: so. well and the other element is is even just carpeting in itself mm-hmm. you know when you're actually a uh, walker wheelchair you have to have a smoother surface to yeah. actually slide those things on um, experience knowing uh the walker mm-hmm. catches on carpeting if you actually had hardwoods or uh, lvt or right. something like that now you know, again, LVT is a product that can have that nice wood look. Right. But it's a lot less expensive and it's kind of what I want to call a click lock type of system. Sure, yep. Where a professional can come in and drop that product in very easily and quickly with that carpet change out.
0: I said to my husband, you know, you know, it's a sign where I'm going to need some help because I've seen this happen in my own family. So this is is when I start putting bathroom rugs underneath my snack table in my family room on my floor so I don't have to vacuum my floor. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes sense because I've actually thought about that with my kids. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's just one thing you just throw in the washing machine, but yeah, that's that's a challenge. Let's talk a little bit about the bathroom, because we know the bathroom is a huge hazard, and it's one of the places where the most falls happen. What can we do in the bathroom to make things more accessible?
3: Uh, Again, uh, taking out the clutter. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as you said, the mats, the bath mats, the different things like that. There are products that can be uh, used on uh, surfaces to actually add traction and grip so that we have a better feel for it uh if Even you some
4: of the tile has a texture to it so it's not yeah. as slick yep.
3: yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know, uh the other thing is is that it, again you can utilize bath shoes right uh, uh putting in mobile chairs for more convenience as far as in the and again these are all products that you can uh do yourself
0: So let's talk a little bit about the types of uh, situations where families would need to reach out to a company like yours and how folks can get a hold of you.
3: Basically, uh, products that we do are actually going in in, and say in the bathroom, we remove all the hazards by uh, removing the curb or the tub or whatever and actually going and doing a zero entrance shower. Uh, It takes a a little bit of special products to actually lower that shower down low enough. A lot of people don't realize that that slope in there sticks above the floor. So you can't just go take the curb out and expect the shower to be at the same level. You've got to actually inset that into the floor. So it takes a little bit more expertise and everything to do that. Um, And here at uh, Quality Design and Construction, uh, we actually have the products that we sell to actually help our clients get there.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. And what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you if they've got an interest?
3: Uh, they can give us a call at
4: 919-779-3964, or they can visit our website at www.QDC, stands for Quality, Design, Construction, INC, short for incorporatedcom
2: Okay, that's QDCINC.com or by phone, 919 779 3964. 919 779 3964. David and Peggy Ann Makowski, thank you both so much for coming in this thank evening. You we so much appreciate for having your
3: time. Us. We really appreciate the time.
2: Yeah, well, it was a pleasure on our end as well. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters,
2: care and comfort that surrounds you. A service of Transitions Life Care here on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Thank you for joining us this Saturday evening, Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett and Nicole. Our next group of uh, guests here are in the studio, and I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have because you know we talk about summits a lot, and uh, <laughs> we this, love
0: us some summits. We,
2: we do love us some summits <laughs> because uh, again, this there's great information to be found, and uh, we're going to be talking about a. a, a summit. summit related to Alzheimer's and dementia, and there's just no real good source of information to find out, you know, what you're in for when you're dealing with uh, a loved one who may have an Alzheimer's or a a dementia diagnosis.
0: Definitely. And so I'm super pleased to have with us uh, Pastor Ronald Avery with St. Matthew Missionary Baptist Church right here in Raleigh, and Barbara Pullen-Smith, and she's actually on the planning committee for the summit. So two wonderful guests here with us today, and so pleased to have you. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. So let's start off with talking about this amazing summit because I think, um, first of all, I applaud you in putting together such an event. You know, it's it's one thing to put on an event when you have a whole bunch of paid employees putting on an event and, and trying to pull that up with different partners. But you know, this is truly a, a labor of love and a passion for all of you to take on such an event of this magnitude and put this on for the faith-based community. So we thank you for that.
5: Well, thank you again. Um, having this opportunity to share, because we're really excited about what's about to happen.
0: Yeah, so talk to us a little about this. So this summit is called the?
5: It's called the Third Annual Alzheimer's and Related Dementias Community Summit, Okay. and so that means it's open to everyone.
0: Wonderful. And this is going to be held on Saturday, September 21st, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., right there at your church, correct?
6: That is correct
0: awesome so talk to us a little bit about what we can expect at the summit the types of conversations that will be going on who our speakers are
5: well first let me just say that um, we're excited that with for this third annual summit Mm Uh, we're actually hosting it for the first time. Oh,
0: wow, congratulations! But
5: historically, it's been hosted by other churches, and so and next year it will be hosted by another church that steps up. Okay, so we really are trying to make sure that we reach as many people as possible throughout the community. So, um, that day um, we're going to start out, people can register as early as 8 a.m. because okay. we want to make sure everything starts right at 9 a.m. and um. We have an amazing group of experts to come to share, and they will be covering different issues. So we will have people, for example, from um, one of the lead trainers with um, the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, will be talking about some gems just on coping strategies mm-hmm. and how, how, as a caregiver, you can continue to provide the love and support, and just Things that makes makes the journey a little easier uh, for the family, and we also will have um, one of the experts from Transitions Life Care to talk about just how to encourage mm-hmm. people and to find that hope mm-hmm. in the midst of, of so many challenges. Find the
0: blessing in the mess.
5: Find the bless in the mess, <laughs> and there always the there's bless in the there mess. There is. There always is. But. Part of it is just understanding the disease a little better, mm-hmm. um, for example. And mm-hmm. so we have other experts talking about who are caregivers in terms of agencies. And one group that I thought was really interesting that we've added is to have someone from the police department yeah,
0: I see to that. just
5: talk about um, how they intervene and support families mm-hmm. when loved ones wander off and just how they handle that. Um, but then, of course, we always have to have the experts the researchers, mm-hmm. because there's a lot we don't know right. about Alzheimer's, but uh, we, there's certainly some new research mm-hmm. and information, and we'll hear from experts about what we know now.
0: So are you still ex- accepting registrations?
6: We are still accepting
5: registration.
0: Wonderful. And is there a cost to attend?
5: Free. Free. Wow. (laughs) Free,
0: free. It's free, but not without cost.
5: It's it's free to the participants. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for that correction. (laughs) And it's free because we have um, really assembled an amazing group of partners. An amazing group, really. That's
0: awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, congratulations on this event. I I'm really excited for all of you. And so, what is your goal for attendance? Just out of curiosity.
5: In terms of numbers.
0: Yeah. What do you think? What 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 do you, you? how, how many people are you hoping to have?
5: Well,
6: we're hoping to have at least over two or 300 people. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. At, at, at this point, we have about 200 that has registered.
0: Congratulations. That's already a success. Yes, so that, that is that is, is awesome. It is. So if folks want more information actually about this event, how would they go about finding it?
5: Well, there are two ways that folks can actually get information as well as register mm-hmm. right now. Um, for those of you who are on social media, mm mm-hmm. Go to Facebook, <laughs> always a gem, and start to search for the third annual Alzheimer's and Related dementias Community Summit, and it'll pull right up. And awesome. there's a link mm-hmm. on that site, and you can register.
0: That's great. And
5: in addition, you can call this number.
0: Okay.
5: And that number is 919-608-1569, and Mrs. Jones-Hall will be happy to get you registered for the summit.
0: You know they they often say that um, it's going to take our entire community to care for this aging population that's coming on, and you know I, I oftentimes I think people forget the role of the faith based community in this because a lot of people really come first to their pastors and to their into their church community when they're really struggling with a caregiving need, and so I applaud you, Pastor Avery, for really wrapping your arms around this program and also. C- creating it as sort of a ministry for your church to make sure that folks actually have access to this type of resource and support. Talk to us a little bit about your view and the role of the faith-based community in providing support to families in need in the community.
6: Well, I think that it's very necessary, most of all. As far as myself, it has it's, it's been a personal with me because my mom and dad, uh, they suffered with this disease. Oh. And uh, it was my sister and I had a, a struggle trying to understand it. And, and, and not understanding it became personal with the things that were done and how they responded to us, mm-hmm. and we just didn't understand. So really, with this being such a personal thing to me and my family, this was the catalyst for mm-hmm. me to push this, this summit, uh, this uh, caregiving summit here, or this uh, all-time summit, And um, I think that the faith-based community can be very strong in in outreach in doing this to touch families, to touch families, to let them know that we care. Mm -hmm and you're not alone that we're not alone exactly Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is such a very private you know anytime anybody has a diagnosis of some sort of a life-limiting or chronic illness it's a very private experience for that individual and it feels very isolating and so I I definitely applaud you for letting your community know that you are not alone we are here for you we want to provide you with education we want to provide you with resources we want to wrap our arms around you and that is just incredibly important especially that you are connecting with the organizations such as the ones that you are, that is a true sign to me that you are really doing all the right things. Because, again, if it gets beyond what you can provide in the faith-based community, you have resources that you can then, that you feel like you trust and that you can pass that on to those family caregivers. Because a lot of times families are looking to you as a faith-based community to vet and to say, who can we trust, who can we talk to.
6: Absolutely. And it's painful. It is. When you see a loved one. Mm -hmm. So what, just kind of fading? Yes. Is that the same person?
0: Correct. I mean, you're, you're truly grieving for that individual Absolutely. while they're still alive and Absolutely. losing pieces of that, for Absolutely.
2: sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough feeling to deal with, but I'm glad that this event is around. Again, it's the third annual Alzheimer's and Related Dementia's Community Summit. It is two Saturdays from today. That is Saturday, September 21st from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, you can look on Facebook. There's a event page there. You can find information for—just search for the third annual Alzheimer's and Related Dementias Community Summit, or you can call this number, 919-608-1569. That's 919-608-1569. And this will be, again, Saturday, the 21st of September, at St. Matthew Baptist Church. That's uh, at— 5410 Lewisburg Road. Uh, If you're heading north on Lewisburg Road, right after the split, it's between New Hope Road and Spring Forest Road. You can't miss it. It's on the right. It's a wonderful, wonderful facility there. Uh, Pastor Ronald Avery and Barbara Pullen-Smith, thank you both so much for coming in this evening. We appreciate your time.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
2: We got it. Oh, absolutely! It was our pleasure. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you. A service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co host, Nicole Claygitz, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong.
2: You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett And Nicole, it's that time again. We need to highlight some of our special friends at Transitions Life Care. And we are going to be talking about community engagement. And to do that, uh, I thought that we should bring in the community engagement representative for well, Transitions Life That makes Life a lot care. of sense. Doesn't
0: it? Yes, Doesn't it, it, it does. I'm you pres- get a gold star for that one. <laughs> I,
2: I think I deserve a medal for this one. I think so. A big so. medal. Um, and well, uh, the community engagement representative for Transitions Life Care, our uh, returning guest, Rich Gwaltney. Rich, how are you doing this
7: evening? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me again.
0: You know, uh, Transitions Life Care it is so multifaceted and it has so many amazing offerings, not just the direct patient care aspects with the hospice care, the palliative care, the home health, the in home care, the grief care, the uh, kids program, but really, the base of all of that is providing education to the community about how to handle and have conversations when life kind of hits you with a chronic illness or potentially a life-limiting illness. And so I know that you have been spending the last several years developing quite a menu of services, so to speak, of offerings that are actually available to the community at no charge to really help people open up some
7: conversations. Absolutely. You know, when I uh, became a part of this greater conversation about end-of-life care and uh, aging, uh, you know, it's interesting. My background has been more in the nonprofit field, whether that be education, ministry, spiritual care. Uh, I tell people... uh, uh, saying that i've worked in the nonprofit field for 27 years that's like saying i've done a lot of things in a lot of places for not a lot of money and uh <laughs> not that i'm complaining but you know I, I i think about what we do and what i've done uh, as part of you know finding my place in telling our organization story you know was was a journey uh having not a lot of health and medical background mm-hmm. coming in the front door and just wrapping my head my heart my hands around not just memorizing stats and figures and facts that's important but really, getting at the core of what transitions life care was all about. What does a hospice do? And then I found out there's so much more there. And I and I talk about uh, really we we went down this path of how do we <laughs> dispel what I call myth understandings. Uh, there's myths and misunderstandings about what a hospice is and does. And you know, as I started to realize, it had more to do with life and living than death and dying we started to refocus our philosophy of engagement to say, well, how do we create a place to engage audiences, not to just present them with a, you know, open up the fire hydrant and just let all the information out, but how do we engage them in the conversations about the things that matter the most with the people that matter the most? Because philosophically, we think about uh, if it has more to do with life and living than death and dying, how do we help people in the community live a life where you live, uh, nothing unfinished, unsaid, or undone, and that's hard to capture in a spreadsheet. It's hard to do in an eight-county area, but the idea was, the ethos behind it was, uh, there are things that matter the most to you and to us, and we want to help you live according to those priorities. So, so yes, we created uh, an extended menu uh, that helps you know people. Uh, create a place for that uh, those conversations, whether it's in their faith community, a wellness program, a family night at, a, at an assisted living facility, anywhere. A rotary I would say, club, I'm guessing. Exactly, those types of Rot- <laughs> rotary clubs. I've spoken in some pretty amazing areas that I didn't think would invite a speaker in to speak. Uh, but it's just, uh, again, when you start to think of it as life and living and, and those priorities, everyone has them. Uh, and we tend to put off a conversation about wanting to see what a hospice does and what it doesn't do and what it's all about. We try to avoid that like we want to avoid death, which is understandable. But when we move that back long before someone would need hospice, uh, you know, I've worked with students primarily most of my 27 years prior to this seven uh, at Transitions Life Care. And I just tell people now I have a much older youth group. (laughs) They're, They're my age and up. But the idea, though, is yeah, uh, we all have priorities. So, how do we how do we live that life? And 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 some of these uh, uh, community engagement resources are are there to create that place, and it's a safe place that if people want to go off menu and ask questions because they know we're from transitions, it gives them a nice platform and a place to do that.
0: So, tell me, uh, what are some of the most popular offerings that you provide out into the community for those listening who might have their interest piqued?
7: Sure. Well, you know when I, when I think about the story we want to tell, we love telling our story TL one hundred and one. Now we were started, founded forty years ago this year in nineteen seventy nine, and that's that's really our signature dish. If you're looking at a menu, <laughs> we we love to cook that's that the one up with a
0: star next to it. <laughs> exactly,
7: chef's <laughs> special, free option, perhaps?
6: exactly.
7: <laughs> but you know it's funny to use that illustration because that really does depict what people think about. Uh, When you think about if you're in a group in a community and you want a speaker, um, you don't think, when you think hospice, that's a heavy item on a menu. Yeah, that
0: that makes people step back. That's like Limburger cheese on the menu. Exactly. (laughs) And
7: it's heavy. Maybe they don't have an appetite. Maybe you have an aversion to talking about those things. It's just too much. So we created this menu that kind of had some lighter options that were, again, more life-focused. Maybe you want to go right to the dessert menu and just get something that's going to make you feel good. Uh, so what we started to do is um, we expanded from the TL 101 uh, overview of who we are, what we do, our story. Uh, we have a lot of conversations about advanced directives, uh, making our priorities and wishes known about our health care uh, in case we're unable to make those decisions for ourselves. Um, as that's expanded, we've uh, we found books uh, by best-selling authors where uh, I jokingly tell people it's kind of like Oprah's book club. You have to imagine I'm Oprah, minus a few billion dollars. <laughs> a little uh, less hair, too. A little less hair. <laughs> um, and there are no uh, no giveaways under your chair. I don't pay off anyone's mortgages oh, or uh, send you to my favorite places. But the idea is we're not trying to sell some of these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually don't even bring them. Uh, what we really are trying to do is to take uh, subject matter written by specialists, and create it and um, deliver it in a creative fashion that allows people to, to, you know, get exposed to what's in the contents of the book. So book discussions, uh, one called The Four Things That Matter Most, which you deal with those matters of importance in our lives. Uh, you know, people we need to forgive, people we need to seek forgiveness from, uh, people could use an expression of love from us, people we'd like to thank. And again, that theme of trying to leave a life where nothing's unfinished. Um, And then that sprung into uh, really discussions on the book and the documentary called Being Mortal by Dr. Atul Gawande. Again, just a a chance to show the documentary and then have a discussion based on the feedback from that. Uh, We also do talks on uh, understanding grief and loss, of course. That's a specialty of ours, both in our grief department as well as for community engagement. Uh, other conversations include, uh, you know, again, we've we've actually helped with the historic Oakwood Cemetery years ago to start the for some of the first death cafes in the area, uh, which they've kept going on a consistent basis, and we uh, we offer that actually kind of death cafe in a box to talk about our mortality in a box box. (laughs) box. (laughs) not a coffin shaped box but i do have one of those uh but the idea is to talk about you know having conversations about life and death but all surrounded by good comfort foods and and uh just uh, to kind of set that conversation at ease and uh, and that sprung board into as well just many other uh you know conversations uh based on dvds Uh, consider the conversation series part one and two Uh, there's other uh, you know other you know conversations encouraging the heart of a caregiver uh, has been one that we've seen a lot of mileage from because of the caregiving needs in our community Uh, one that's very close to my heart one that was chasing me for about 32 years now and I started chasing it back is one called life story and that's uh, really taking a look at your life through the lens of a story uh, walking in the way of a storyteller and just trying to gain meaning and purpose and Really, to look at your legacy and your legends, and how that's really helped to further understand your life's journey. So, so yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of options. Uh, you know, there are some some options on that menu, like any other restaurant, that they pair well together. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Is it a red
0: or a white today, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But yeah, I mean, and I think it's just fabulous that um, Transitions Life Care has really put uh, some breath and life behind, really trying to take that time to educate the community. Well, you know, you're you're not going there to try to get a referral for business, you're really just trying to go there to open up a conversation to be a storyteller. So this is not a typical speaking engagement where you have, you know, 75 PowerPoint slides. It really is a very engaged audience having a conversation. And we've been so impressed by these talks. We've often asked Rich to come in and and talk at our caregiver summits as well because they are truly very well received. So if folks want to connect with you and have you come in and speak to one of their community groups, how would they go about and do that?
7: There are a couple of ways. Of course, you call into our uh, our main number. You can go to (laughs) transitionslifecare.org. And you will see under the community engagement tabs there, uh, contact information as well. Uh, There is a new uh, email address called connect uh, at transitionslifecare.org. Connect Connect at transitionslifecare.org. And that'll go directly to myself and uh, and our community engagement department to where we can field those requests, to, to which, of course, we like to, you know, we like to tailor to your needs and some of that, uh, has to do with time. Uh, some of that has to do with location and, and and audience. And you know, one thing we've really enjoyed about having a menu is that we've noticed just like any menu, some people like to choose like uh, going to Panera, they like to pick two or three. and <laughs> and we encourage people to plan a series uh, to where we can come back. Uh, week after week, two, three, four, five-part series we've done in the past. It allows us to go deeper in relationship and create even a broader place to have those talks.
2: TransitionsLifeCare.org is the website there. You can view the full menu that Rich has been uh, referencing there. And you can also email Connect at TransitionsLifeCare.org org rich Gwaltney Community engagement representative for transitions life care thank you so much for joining us we're out of time for today on behalf of Nicole Cleggett I'm Jason Kong thanking you for listening this evening we'll hope you'll join us again next Saturday evening at seven for aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care on news radio 680. WPTF. Have a wonderful night.
1: You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.